episode nine of Hardcore on Tour Stories from the Van, and I am once again on location in the van on tour. I am your host, Brian W. Fleming, vocalist and drummer of Rigtime, and we are in a very, very, very hot, wet, sweaty van. Late night, Tulsa, Oklahoma, outside in the alley of the Vanguard, and I am with the man himself, Dustin, who does booking at the Vanguard, but is also in Peace of Mind, and I'm sure many other bands we can talk about. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I've been in a a handful. So tell me about what bands you have been in. Let's try and think Um, of them all. Really not not a not a million, but um, you know some local bands. I used to sing in in this acoustic like folky uh, throwback country mm-hmm. kind of thing in college. Um, I played bass in in a hardcore band from here called Ironborn for a very long time. Um, been in Peace of Mind for a few years. I've intermittently played bass in a local oi band called the Penny Mob. Um, you know a lot of very punk centric stuff. Cool. Yeah. So, how did you get started with the Vanguard, and how long have you been working here? Um, I've been working here since August of 2013. Uh, started working here. I had been uh, doing warehouse jobs and things like that for a lot of years, and uh, Ironborn was just getting ready to start touring for the first time, and I left a warehouse job because there was no way I could do that uh, and and start touring. Um, and during that time period, right before tour, starting touring, um, the vocalist of, of Ironborn was the security person here and told me to come up here and see about, you know, picking up shifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I helped load in Alien Ant Farm. Nice. <laughs> the first thing I ever did here, uh, and then was asked to come back and work security that night, and I've been here pretty much ever since. Right on. Yeah. So, working in a place like the vanguard mm-hmm. you get all different types and sizes of tours like you said alien ant farm all which i'm sure is stuff. totally different than obviously a show tonight like rig diamond insurgents definitely um you know what are some things that you notice between uh bands that are bigger versus mm-hmm. the the lower tier bands like the attitudes uh the way they handle things like what are, what are some things that are almost like clockwork always seem to notice um People are always easier to deal with in person than they are in um, in type. So if you're like trying to deal with people and you feel like you're getting an attitude from an email, um, like pre-show preparation stuff, mm-hmm. best thing you can do is hop on the phone, talk to somebody, and by the time you meet them face to face, they're a normal person. Mm-hmm. You work all that stuff out because a lot of stuff can be misunderstood professional bands know they're professionals and they don't act like rock stars like actual like rock star level people across every genre act like generally 99% of the time are extremely down to earth normal people that conduct themselves professionally it is always the lower tier um, people that act the most out of pocket have the most attitude like entitlement ego Mm -hmm. about what they're doing um i think it's an insecurity thing uh that's the major they need to be i feel like a rock star in a venue like this not even just this venue but Mm -hmm. like almost anywhere anywhere anywhere, i i really think i really think it's an insecurity thing i think that that 
people that have the clout to actually flex like that mm-hmm. don't need to, so they don't. And the people who want that clout uh, flex to try to get it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't work that yeah. way. Uh, I'm the kind of I'm the kind of promoter or you know what have you manager here that like I'll be as generous as I possibly can if you act like a normal person um, and as soon as you act like you deserve things I will give you I'll give you what I agreed to and not an inch more yeah <laughs> that kind of thing do you get a lot of weird requests or weird riders that you have to deal with weird riders there's all uh, well they're not not nothing crazy I mean most most riders are beer water <laughs> hummus chips um, most riders are, are are pretty reasonable a veggie tray or something like that um, big tour packages you got to do like you're doing basically grocery shopping yeah um, but that's I mean uh, that's usually if uh, if a band is big enough that they're in like a full-size bus um, if a tour package is so big that they're in they have you know the headliner has a full-size like 45 foot tour bus then like it's not feasible for them to go to the grocery store Mm -hmm. and I get that. So like, you know, um, they'll give me like an entire grocery list and then they just pile it into their bus and then they have, you know, they Mm -hmm. make sandwiches throughout, you know, on drives. Um, which, which is fully understandable. I've had joke stuff on riders plenty. The first rider I ever saw actually was, uh, this was a very, this at least 10 years ago, I think, uh, it was mother of mercy. And, uh, they had, uh, they had listed a pint of fresh cow's blood from a local butcher. Um, uh, yeah, uh, on there, and I thought it would be really funny. Uh, we didn't. We didn't end up doing. Yeah, you know, like it was a joke. But we, you considered. We ignored it. it but uh, we're in Oklahoma, and I grew up on a farm, yeah. and I can find you. I can find you for actual fresh blood. Like you know, you want to be you funny. Know a guy. Yeah, you want to be funny. I'm gonna bring you actual blood. Uh, I didn't. Um, but, uh, that, I had a band request, um, request, uh, a puppy for each band member just to play with while they're at the venue. <laughs> um, yeah, that kind of stuff. But, you know, nobody expects that yeah. stuff to actually happen, so. I've always been under the understanding that people put that in there just to see if they, you're, like, you know. If you're paying attention. It and everything. <laughs> and, yeah. Because yeah, I've read some weird writers, too, because, like, I work at, um, an arena sure and then i also volunteer at a at a like a nightclub venue as well right so i've read some writers before and just kind of giggle about the shit that's in them oh definitely yeah there's some there's some funny ones most people are super reasonable and honestly a lot of times bands won't even make you go get them like if you if you contact them during the advance process and you know go over budget over what the hospitality budget is mm-hmm. and you're like I can go buy you this stuff or I can just give you cash everybody loves cash yeah yeah so um obviously you tour a bunch or have toured a bunch a, as well a fair amount a Not, fair amount yeah. you know but um you know this is a really nice venue got great hospitality nice green rooms private shower you. you know yeah you don't get that at I'm every very type lucky. of place yeah, yeah. Um, obviously if you play a house show, people will be like, yeah, go ahead and shower or something like that. Right. But, uh, what are, what's, what, I mean, what do you prefer? I mean, do you really care what type of venue you play? Oh, when or, I'm playing? Yeah. When you're playing. Um. When you're on the road. I just want the room to be size appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, none of us are, uh, 
dickheads about mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, honestly. Um, you know, like, as long as you can hear vocals, uh, we're good. Like, we're not, I, we, we love playing basements. We, we love that kind of stuff. But primarily, the focus is, you know, if like, you know, kind of the thing we did here tonight. We shrank the room down. It's a 500 ca- mm-hmm. capacity room. We shrink it down when we know there's going to be less than 100 people so that it's more comfortable for the bands and for the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, my, my main thing is I don't want to roll through. Like, I don't want to go out on tour and play a 500 cap venue in a city I've never been to and, you know, and, and play to play in a room that size uh to to 20 people or yeah, whatever exactly it's because it it like they feel weird because <laughs> there's so much room and you feel weird because yep. they're awkward and just staring at you everyone like, stands in the big uh, half moon yeah like, yeah <laughs> and i'm more than happy to play to play to 20 kids pack them in a living room yeah like let's stick them in a living room where they can't move yeah you know um yeah, that kind. Of, I'd rather have that. So like, I, as long as the room size appropriate, I'm happy. Obviously, everybody likes good sound. Yeah, you know. Uh, do you have any favorite venues across the country? Whether um, it's house DIY, you know, legit nightclubs, whatever. There's a place in Milwaukee I like a lot. Um, it's in a basement. Is it my... JJ's. Yes. Yeah. He J- has such a clean basement. <laughs> I love JJ's. Um, that place was great last time we went through there with low end and prowl Mm -hmm. um um yeah i'm thinking there's i mean i always think of i always think of cities and the people there and almost never of the actual venues (laughs) um i played east side joe's in las vegas once before that was torn down Mm -hmm. uh that was a wild experience i had a good time there um there is, um, I don't know. There's been some, bum- like, honestly, I think about the bummers way more than I think about <laughs> about the really, really good ones. Let's talk about um, the bummers. <laughs> oh, man. All right. There was a venue in San Antonio called the Corova for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I never understood what was happening with that place. It was like it was a it was like a really big room. They had a basement. Have you ever played there? Mm-mm. Okay, we're playing Texas for the first time tomorrow. Actually, so I know that I know that venue doesn't exist anymore. It's the only reason I'm even saying its name. Um, but you know, like I had great times there. I really I enjoyed playing there. But it was always like, like it always seemed like. The bartender was also the the audio person, mm-hmm. and the room was too big for that kind of thing. I was like, "You guys need to hire like a full time yeah. audio tech, like like hardcore stuff. Who cares? You know, it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal. But like, you have a big pop act come through, and you got bartender bouncing between the board and serving PBRs, and like, I mean, yeah, that's it's a mess. <laughs> it ain't gonna work." Um, yeah, uh, I I just always wish like the the location was super nice and it was it was uh, you know a really cool space. I just wanted to see the biggest thing I see is people not investing in quality like sound and lights mm-hmm. in rooms like that. And that's the that's the stuff that disappoints me is like it you know when I come through yeah when I come through places. I mean, it's fantastic sound and lights here. I noticed it, that. I mean, there's so many different layers there's of, a, yeah, of lights there's a lot too. Going on. over the floor you have it over the main stage and yeah and a lot of that's just because we at at the root of it um everybody who works here is 
involved in a DIY, you know, world within different, within separate genres. Um, mm-hmm. Our our main LD is uh, runs a runs a record label for electronic music called 1952, um, and he DJs like chill. I'm not. I don't want to be too specific because I'm not uh, very well versed in a lot of like electronic <laughs> stuff, and I don't want to get it wrong. But like very chill. It's adult electronic music. Nice. It, yeah, <laughs> um, it's very relaxing. Uh, so he does that kind of stuff, and you know does his own lighting company with a friend of his um and uh you know he's invested a lot of time and energy in like just trying to make this as you know as good as he possibly can yeah within you know a budget you know we're still a small venue we don't make a ton of money Mm -hmm. um you know uh so like we're all we're always like the diy ethic plays really well here Mm -hmm. uh to get the most out of what we uh most bang out of your buck yeah it's yeah. still cool i mean like you it's you great said you recently had like dying fetus right yeah, yeah. last uh some, like issues on the wall over there yeah you know, issues did a day off um well, you know well-known bands yeah yeah we get some big bands the main was here has been here the last couple years oh. um julia michaels came through her like a couple months ago uh she's a pop singer she was on tour with pink mm-hmm. she did like an off day um sold the place out um uh, you know, folk acts like like you know folk revival kind of stuff, Jamestown revival and things like that. Um, yeah, we get to do a lot of a lot of cool stuff. It's a really wide range, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Um, so with with a uh, peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you say that you guys started again? You said been for a couple um, of years now. Yeah, we started. Uh, I guess we started up. And the fall of 2015, like seriously, mm-hmm. like r- really like writing our first songs and stuff. Um, what kind of yeah. what brought peace of mind to light? <laughs> um, it... Drew, our vocalist, uh, he wanted to do vocals in a band. Um, he had filled in for Cross Me mm-hmm. on a tour and did vocals for them for a whole tour when Tyler after Tyler's accident and. Um, he came back and was like, you know, talked about it a little bit, like everybody does. Oh, I want to start a band. Yeah. Um, uh, and he was like, I want to do a band, a band where I'm doing vocals. And he rounded up a handful, of, you know, a drummer, um, this guy named Tyson Leno, who's, uh, he is from Massachusetts. He was living here for a few years. Um, he was our original drummer. He moved back to Massachusetts. He plays guitar in Maniac. Um, he's in a band called Warrior Prince. Um, he, you know, Mm -hmm. he's a known entity Uh, great guy incredible drummer Um, and uh, um, and then our our main songwriter Jacob Michael Scott local local guy um, they had written I think three songs and Drew mentioned it to me and I was like do you need a bass player? Because <laughs> I'll, I'd, I'd love to come jam. And so um, that's I hopped in. They had three songs written, um, and uh, yeah, I've been been there ever since. I guess. Nice. Yeah. What's What's the Tulsa scene like in in general? Because as we, we kind of talked earlier, yeah. uh, like you said, there's like a large street punk scene. And it's there's a big that... street punk scene. Um, that's that's a lot thanks to uh, the Tony and Michelle. They're like 
the punk power couple here. Mm-hmm. They're incredible. Um, they uh, Michelle, she um, she does these she does events all over the country uh, called Punk Rock Flea Market. Um, and uh, she started doing another one called Oddities that's more like taxidermy and, mm-hmm. and like spooky stuff. Um, it's a lot of bringing DIY vendors together uh, in cities all across the country. Um, it, it's really cool. It's a really cool event. Um, and um, and then Tony, he uh, he's been in a bunch of uh, in a lot of different punk bands over the years, and uh, he plays. Uh, played with Al and the Black Cats and, and you know, um, a lot of street punk bands. So he's known people forever. He's been a touring musician since he was a teenager, toured the whole world and mm-hmm. settled in, in Tulsa and, you know, um, so he's got a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's been booking this festival. Uh, it's called Fuck You, We Rule Okay. Um, this is the seventh year. It's always the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday closest to the 4th of July. Um, this year it's the 5th, 6th, and 7th. Uh, yeah, um, we've... It, it's an amazing festival. It's just wild. Um, uh, Adam DeGrosse from Minneapolis, photographer. Oh, yeah. Um, he used to come down and shoot it every mm-hmm. single year. Last year was the first year I didn't see him here, actually. But he kind of became a, a fairly yeah. big name uh, over that time. Yeah, he, so he, I remember... He's busy. Yeah, he got <laughs> really busy. Yeah, it's great. It's ama- I love seeing that. Um, it, that that's amazing. Um so yeah, that's been a really cool festival to watch. I've learned a I've I've learned a lot watching you know Tony put that together and how he listened to him talking about how he picks bands for that festival and how he books and and what his thought process is going into it and why he picks the particular bands that he picks. Um, and uh, that's really that that was really helpful information. Um, uh, and it it's been a cool experience. A lot of people come to the like. Like a lot of fests, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's a lot of return, uh, return people. So it's been cool to like kind of like get to know people over six years mm-hmm. of of doing this, um, and being like the lead face of security here when people come in for that punk festival and they know that they're like at this point, especially you know most of these people are returning from years past. They've been here and dealt with me every year. They know that they're not walking into you know what that's like. Yeah, walking into a festival at a venue and not sure what their security is going to be like, yeah. especially for something remotely punk oriented, mm-hmm. uh, could be a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> <'cause>, um, yeah. <laughs> so like, I've really liked that I get to handpick my security and be like, "We're not being dickheads. Yeah. Like, this is not none. Of, nobody's here to prove anything." We're going to let everybody have fun. Yeah. The bands don't care if people are on stage. We don't care if people are on stage. You mm-hmm. know, like that kind of stuff has been been really nice to kind of let them have the freedom to do whatever they want mm-hmm. and have a party and, you know, and everybody go home. So this is a stage dive friendly oh, venue? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the backs of my arrays have big crisscross um, lime green tape on them. Yeah. I can only imagine you've had someone climb them before. Oh, we've had we've <laughs> definitely had people clip their heads on them pretty good. When I uh, I saw Turnstile up in Minneapolis right. one time, and it was just you know 
if you've seen Turnstile, you know. Right. <laughs> just yeah. people flying, and I remember seeing a dude go and do a flip off the stage and just, like, hit the speakers, and the speakers started oh, swinging. Just, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've had a couple people. We have that balcony in there, and, you know, during Fuck You, We Rule, I saw the vocalist of Starving Wolves during their set. He threw the microphone from the stage into the balcony, and then... Like, if you were out in the room watching, he just disappeared. You didn't know where he was. And he pops up coming over the rail with the microphone and jumps off. There's a picture of him. Uh, I think so Adam great. took it. And he was, like, uh, in midair, like, dropping into this crowd of people. Um, but you really can only do that when there's a sold-out yeah, crowd in Yeah, there. you need the bodies. <laughs> um, people got to expect yeah. it. <laughs> he did that. And then the vocalist of Die Art is Murder during their set when they were here uh, with Dying Fetus, he did the same thing. Like, he, he staged dove, and uh, they carried him over to the ledge and pulled him up, and yeah. he jumped off into the crowd. Have but, you ever had Let Live yeah. or Fever 333 here? Um, Let Live played here a few years ago. I could just imagine Jason just yeah. playing on this stage like a jungle gym. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a wild set. They were with... Um, Night Versus, when Night oh, Versus still had a vocalist. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So, how did it feel to... I'm just going to get straight to it. How yeah. did it feel to book Integrity? <laughs> I mean, uh, you're, you're familiar with the hardcore world. Yeah. The fact that you were able to book Integrity just makes you way cooler than you already are. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about all that. Um, it was great. I was really, really happy that they said yes. Um, honestly, that was more than anything else. I was really happy to have a band like that yeah. say and yes. They don't play much. That's the really they do not cool play in the it. U.S. very yeah. much. Um, handful of times a year. Yeah. And um, and for a long time they they weren't. And I was seeing right. now there's like this resurgence of where they're doing it more. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it. You know, that was one of those things where, um, I, you know, it was first year festival. I had never done anything like that. I made a list of bands that I wanted on my fest. I contacted everybody I could, mm -hmm. attempted to contact some, uh, some people, some bands got back to me, some didn't. And then I went to the owner, my boss here, the owner, and, um, and talked to him and was like, hey, there's still a handful of bands. I tracked down their management but I'm not getting responses. And he's like, oh, he's like, yeah. He's like, these bigger agency kind of things. He's like, you you probably won't, you know? And I'm like, I understand that the email looks like it's some kid in Tulsa <laughs> that's like, come play my festival, you know? Like, I don't wanna, I'm, I'm a 35 year old man. Uh, and I get it though. I totally understand that, um, you know? It's expensive. Like that costs a lot of money yeah. and like, I wouldn't, I like, I wouldn't waste my time if I didn't know who it was and had like, they had no credentials and they were, and I was in a band like that where, you know, like, um, like everyone's going to have to be flown in and out and at least one member is being flown in and out of Europe. And like that alone is thousands of dollars yeah. doing those, just the flights. And then you still got to pay the band. You still got to house them, you know, those sorts of things. So like, you know, uh, it's. It, I'm sure they get a lot of random messages from just people. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, you know, 
Let me putting on this uh, sick basement show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Maybe though, maybe kids oh, I are. Bet me- they, they have to. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like you know, a message came in on Facebook Messenger today. Um, I'm sure that's a lot to filter through. So I, you know, the owner here, he was like, "Give me your list. Give me your contacts." I'll message and see if I can get a response since there's, you know, he at least had a way to, if he didn't already have some sort of relationship with the agent at that, like an agent for our region at a specific agency, he would, he was able to track people down and get responses because yeah. of his level of involvement in the industry. Um, cause he does a lot of the larger talent buying here. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was, I wouldn't have gotten them without him. Uh, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. Like that that was that was incredible. Yeah, that's it. Like, when's the last time they even played anywhere in this area? Because usually no it's idea. like west or east, right? Maybe yeah, Cleveland. Co- coast. You know, yeah, and, maybe uh, Cleveland. So yeah, because I remember when I saw that, I believe we were on tour, right? And I was like really like fuck like I want to go to that because like, yeah. I've still never seen integrity they were so kind really That's they were awesome. so kind when they were here yeah that, w- that was the other part that was excellent they were like if you need you know Dom before they left was like this was great you did everything you said you were going to do you took care of us we had a good time the vibes here are really nice you know like mm-hmm. if if you ever have an issue and you need somebody to vouch for you we'll vouch for you and i was like that's cool wonderful that's you know that's excellent it's it's crazy too that if you really think about it like a band like integrity right has the kind of of uh power that they do you know sure. like you know they they can get flown in and stuff, but like you listen to their music and they've never they've never had anything really be a hit. You sure, know? Like, yeah. It's crazy that like um, and awesome that a, that a hardcore band or metalcore, whatever you want to call them, you know, um, can have uh, that sort of uh, power to be like, yeah, we need you to do this, and people will come see them. And there's just so right. so much dedication. It's an event. Yeah, yeah, and that it's, it's that was awesome. the big thing I w- I wanted to see. I wanted to like. <sighs> My main goal was to try to showcase. I wanted those big bands on there, so that everyone would would. I wanted bands like that so people would pay attention. Yeah. Because um, I understand it's a hardcore fest in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> um, so I wanted I wanted people to to be like, oh, look at what's happening. This this is this doesn't happen in this part of the country mm-hmm. almost ever. Um, and that seemed that seemed to to be the case. I also wanted people to, um, I, w- I wanted to do the fest partly because I felt like a lot of the times Tulsa will get overlooked in tour booking. I'll see tour, I'll I'll see uh, bands you know release tour dates, and they'll be a day or two off going through Oklahoma but they don't play in Oklahoma day and I'm like pick up a gas stop at least and yeah. I, I've reached out and talked to talk to you know bands or managers or whatever agents about about that kind of stuff and it's just a, a simple fact of not knowing we're here mm-hmm. a lot of people have no idea what Tulsa's like <laughs> they do not have this is it, had, had you been here before 
I've driven through. Right, but never and, stopped. And never stopped. When you got down into this district, is this what you pictured when you were like, no, Tulsa, Oklahoma? This is, this is weird, actually, right? because it's like, <laughs> it's like there's a skyline of buildings, but it looks small, but it looks big. And right. it's like somebody just said, hey, see that field? Yeah. Let's build a city. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, yeah. It's weird, but it's nice, too. Like, it does, right. It seems like a nice area. It's a cool area, and we have cool stuff going on, but it hasn't, it hasn't always been like that, you know? Um, the last 10, 15 years has really seen downtown come alive. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that's why I want... That's why I, I wanted to do that festival. I want bands to know that we're here, we have this room, that we have killer fucking sound, mm -hmm. and that uh, you're gonna walk into a friendly environment for for hardcore, metal, punk, whatever. You're not gonna walk in, you're not walking into a Live Nation venue. You're walking yeah. into a privately owned and, and operated music venue. Yeah, venue that will give a shit about you. Yes, yeah. we care about what we're doing. So, like, when you work a lot of shows, it's easy to get desensitized, you know, and be professional. Like, Definitely. you're like, oh, yeah, you're just another band. Yeah. Um, is there any bands that you ever book that you still kind of geek out about or that you have booked or worked a show and you're like, holy shit, that's blah, 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 you know? Um, not very often. Um, I'm fairly desensitized. I've always had a lack of caring in that aspect <laughs> for the most part. Now, there have been people that I've met here that I've been like, this is super cool. Um, Coolio did an after-party thing here a few years ago. Um, and uh, that I Love the 90s tour was going on. So nice. that came through the big arena over here, the BOK Center. And we had Coolio do an official after party here. So he, he came here, um, but that was like part of the party that was expected yeah. for him to show up and, and be here. Um, but nobody else that was on that tour was at all obligated to come over here. All for one came over and just hung out. Um, uh, kid from kid and play showed up nice. and just hung out. Um, yeah, it was super cool, and uh, you know, it it gets late, and Coolio decides he wants to do some songs. He has a live drummer, and they hop up there, and like, I saw Gangsta's Paradise from Coolio with All for One coming out and singing the R and B hooks cool. at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> at, at my job with seventy people here. Yeah. Um, uh, Raekwon from Wu Tang was here for a festival last year. Um, uh, that was super cool to meet him. Um, Kelly Gray was a guitar player in Queensryche. I met him. He was he was working for another band uh, called Hellion at the time. Mm -hmm. He came through town. That was really cool. Um, Leon Russell played a private party here before he passed away. It was kind of a you know every it's a big national name. Yeah. Uh, but he's a Tulsa native. Um, so that was that was really cool to get to watch. Um, yeah, a, a lot of stuff like that. Cool. Like, you know, uh, newer acts, I don't get that flustered about. Aaron Carter played here. <laughs> I, I'm 30, I'm 35, I don't care. <laughs> not, I'm not, nothing against Aaron Carter or Aaron Carter's crowd, if that's your thing. Uh, I'm just saying, like, you know, I just. You're 35. It, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like, care. yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, we're working. Um. So I know we got to wrap this up pretty soon here, but. To anybody that's listening, what is something that people need to, 
uh, keep an eye out for coming from Tulsa, whether it be fests, whether it be bands, or just Oklahoma in general? Like, what's on? What do you think uh, people need to be paying attention to um, besides peace of mind? Of course. <laughs> um, Are we going to see another fest? There will be some other fests coming through here. Um, obviously, Aaron Johnson's doing Promcore now. Um, and I'm kind of, uh, well, I'll just go, I think this is probably the first time I've publicly said anything about this, but, uh, I'm not doing Flyover Fest again. Mm. Um, it is so... So don't hit him up. It is so stressful. <laughs> um, I really want to take a step back from, from that. Um, I want to, I'm... I have an idea for another festival. I want to rebrand. I want to. I kind of want a fresh start. Um, but I, I'm going to reformat. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm hardcore is always going to be yeah. part of anything that I'm that is a per, a pet project for me personally. Um, but I want to do some more mixed mixed bill kind of stuff. Um, I want to do some. I, I I just get that record you I played me take, earlier. That I want, band. What was that band again? I keep forgetting. Absence. Uh... Oh, yo. Oh. Absence of mind. Oh my god. Go listen to, <laughs> to, to Smile. Aren't you happy? And, yeah, like, and hopefully, they'll be on his next fest at some point. Oh, Absence <laughs> of Mind. Yeah, Absence of Mind was on Flyover. Uh... Oh god, now I can't remember who. This I'm a poser. Was... I, I never heard of last him year. until earlier. Yeah. So. <laughs> but no, that was that was super fucking awesome. Yes. I'm going to definitely... Absence of mind. Everybody needs to listen to that record. (laughs) That new record. Smile, aren't you happy? Uh, Yeah. um, uh, There will be other fests coming through here. I really... I I kind of want to do a one-day festival. I'm really focusing on trying to figure out a way to isolate the best parts of a festival. So not just like only book the highlight bands. Of course, everybody wants to only book the highlight bands. But... I'm thinking about as a as a per, as a musician playing festivals and also as somebody who just attends festivals what are the high points that everybody's going for um people want time to hang out with their friends mm-hmm. that they're seeing that are coming from all over the country that they never get to see yeah people want to see particular bands but they don't want to see every single band it is a rare human being who wants to sit through every band at every festival that is a formula for insanity yeah. it's exhausting uh which by the way hate five six sunny came out and shot prom and we had two stages running with a max of five minutes between each band and that man did not miss a minute he, I was just talking with somebody who told me that Unreal. he seemed so into it and so just happy. Unreal. They, they just like, yep, next band, yeah. next band, next band. Yeah. They're like, uh, he was a beast. <laughs> yeah, everybody's worried about his shoulder. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, just incredible. Uh, that kind of dedication is, is amazing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, like... I want to highlight the best parts of the festival, so all killer, no filler. But I also want to build into the formatting and scheduling of the fest those break times um, and try to manage those properly. And um, and then other little satellite events. So, like, it would be really cool to have a brunch event. Uh, and this is something, honestly, uh, fuck you, we rule okay. They've done, the, done those sorts of, of things. Um, and 
and it's been really cool for them. It's something that unifies that crowd. Um, so, you know, I will openly say that, the, that part of that is, is me, you know, seeing that, seeing how that's worked for them. And it's been a really cool thing that people like to attend on top of coming and seeing all the bands. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. Like picking out those things that I see different festivals doing all over the country that I think are super, are super cool. Um, and, and trying to apply those into, and, you know, learning from those things and trying to apply those. I want to do something. I, you know, the working name I have for right now is best day ever. It's the best. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the biggest thing I can, you know, most accurate thing I can think of to yeah, describe. No, it. and that's the thing. I think that names are really important to to fest and stuff. For sure. I put on a fest. Um, uh, or I did two years of it called Wisconsin Hardcore Fest. Sure. And I wanted it. It was nothing but Wisconsin bands. Like I had people hitting me up from other, got you. Um, you know, other states, and I was like, I would like to have you, but it was meant to be kind of like a pride in our state because I felt like there was so much good hardcore going on. And um, people weren't working together, you know, yeah. type of thing. And um, I got really busy with touring, and um, I just felt like some of the bands that like I knew of and stuff kind of filtered out. And so I haven't done a third one, but I am also thinking of I want to get back into doing a fest again, but um, probably not do just Wisconsin, but I still want to do one in Lacrosse where we're from, right? Because um, like you're saying, people don't think of Tulsa, as, you know, for like why the hell would I go to a hardcore fest in Tulsa? Right. Well, I want to have a hardcore fest in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. So. Yeah, got you. But uh, I mean, I, I'm thinking about calling it best weekend ever, but now I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's just a race to announce then. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. That that's really cool. I, you know, we could probably pull off an Oklahoma-only hardcore festival, um, but, and, and that would be nice, but I'd rather, yeah. like, I, I... It yeah. was just an idea I had, and, and oh, I ran cool. with it, and it worked, actually, it's great. You know, for the two years, and the second year had more people than the first, so it must have been... Well, that's always a plus. Cool. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was pretty stressful, pretty difficult to do, and... yeah make yeah. everything work but I mean I, I at least was complimented it that I ran it well it consumes me that's why I had to take and I also moshed for almost every band and so I was right. pretty fucking sore yeah no I can't I, <laughs> I, I was because I booked all these bands that are off I'm like I, I'm every band is awesome. I'm not doing that <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, I'm big on that. I'm big on community. That has been a big thing the entire time I've worked here is trying to transport that the the hardcore uh, idea of community and working together to make something bigger than yourselves exactly. um, into every genre locally. And some bands grab onto it and some don't. The bands that grab onto it seem like they do way better than the bands that don't because instead of trying to compete against their friends, they are working with their friends. So when their friends do stuff, they hype them up. When they hype stuff, when they do stuff, their friends hype them up, and it goes round and round, and it, and it it boosts everyone. Yeah, you know, we regularly do all local indie rock shows here that bring in three or four hundred people for four or five local bands. Wow, uh, that stuff is doable. You just got to do it together. You got to communicate with each other, and you have to focus on on being obnoxious about promotion yeah um i t we tell bands here all the time if you don't feel like you are being super annoying 
uh, about your promotion, you're not promoting enough. And that that's a really important tip that like yeah. people should listen to is that um, I know all the time like when I I do message other bands sometimes when I'm kind of not like not that, I'm, like I'm organizing a show I guess you know like at mm-hmm. home I'll message the other bands and be like hey just so you know the touring band that we're all playing with needs this much money. That's right. this many people through the door. So roughly between us, if we can get this many people each, you know, blah blah blah. Make sure you're not just message or posting it on Facebook. You gotta text people, right? Message people, send those invites, share. Yeah. Drop ten bucks on a Facebook ad. Why not? Hand yep. out flyers at the show. Don't be ten, afraid to talk five to people. Dollars. You know? yeah. Five dollars of promotion on Facebook will take you so much further than mm-hmm. you ever think it will take. It's just the effort. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. very minimal. Uh, honestly, there's so many tools that you can use to schedule things like that. Um, I still hang flyers in my town, too. Sure, yeah. You know, we have flyers for our two local shows coming because we don't play locally that much. Right. Um, but uh, we have flyers that we have on our table right now on tour. Right. And when we're in the area on our upcoming shows, we're going to be fucking passing them out to people, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's super minimal. And then you meet people that way. And if people, especially if, if you, uh, you know, going out and handbilling shows like that, like going to other shows and handbilling, um, does a lot for you and it's not just because you have handbills it's because you're engaging with people that you otherwise wouldn't be engaging with and when people feel like you you're treating them as an equal and you're in a band they want to come check your band out like it does you no favors to be the coolest dude in the room Mm -mm. it does you no favors you might feel really cool you might feel great about yourself uh, in that instance but like and people might fall all over themselves because you're the cool guy, but people will get tired of that at a certain point, and you don't build lasting relationships off of being the coolest person in the room. I'd rather you, be the most approachable person in the room. Approachable and hardworking. Mm-hmm. When you are the person who is obviously doing, putting in work, and you are a friendly face, uh, people will gravitate to you and people will gravitate to your band and they will want to come out and hang out and be a part of that community yeah. and and they'll get excited about it and when those when you get when you get those people excited about it you don't have to work as hard marketing because those people do it for you you don't have you're not asking anybody people just get hyped up enough about uh, about this yeah. that they they that strangers will run with run with stuff and bring in crowds that you didn't even realize were there. It's amazing. Yeah, and I mean you see it firsthand. Yeah, all the know, time. All the time. Yeah. It's wild. That that's one big thing marketing like bands marketing themselves and not being shy about, you know, like if you if you, you know, if 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 you believe in yourself and you believe in your band, tell everyone. Sell sell that. People There's, aren't buying your music, they're buying you. Yes, no. for sure. At first, that's definitely true. But I feel like like there's um, there's a false humility that exists, especially within anything punk involved, where bands are out here and they're touring. They're dumping tons of money into making merch, buying a van, gas, booking themselves, all that stuff, self-recording. They dump a ton of money, time, energy into their band, and then they feel like it's dorky to to tell people about it 
or they feel like yeah. they feel like and I can even people say, are going to treat felt them. that way too right like, you yeah know, sometimes like I I will actually admit there's like there's you know when people post like post your post a link to a band or something we need right. to check out sometimes I'll post you know like here rig time but then sometimes I'm thinking like maybe I shouldn't because then I'll seem like a dork but then it's like well how the fuck no. you know like, who yeah, cares. Like, and, and you know, I think it's just a mood thing. Mm, but, definitely, uh, but it, maybe it's just how shitty you feel about yourself that day. I don't know, but like, <laughs> I think that I really think that's like that's always been a thing within the punk world to me. And I think I really think it's it's a it's an overcorrection from trying to steer away from the attitude we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. That that rock star egotistical attitude is a massive turnoff in punk and hardcore and crowds will turn on you if you if you come across that way yeah. so i i think that's i think that's where that comes in it, it poisons the well kind of because yes that's a shitty attitude to have to come in and be an egotistical dickhead but promoting your band if you're trying to be a band that makes money or even just doesn't lose money that's not egotistical no that's You're, if you if you don't believe in it nobody else is going to yeah um you I, have to try and prove like why why do you matter compared to yeah. thousands of other bands yeah. yeah why are you in this band like if you don't think this band is cool enough to talk about why are you playing in this band um you know like people local people will joke with me sometimes because i wear peace of mind merch a lot but yeah here's the deal um i won no one's no one's throwing away free t-shirts uh <laughs> you know yeah. you know what i mean yeah um i get one free i'm gonna take a free t-shirt uh and and the other part too is like i like my i think my band's great i i think my band's cool see i think i think our merch is cool um i wouldn't i we wouldn't print it if we didn't think if we didn't think it was rad why do I have get, to miss out, out on of my it? head? Because yeah. <laughs> I say this shit all the time. I've had people like I'll wear a rig time hoodie or something. They'll be like, "Oh, you're wearing your own merch." Like, yeah, yeah that's fucking cool. Almost, I designed it. I have she a piece of it, mind you know, hat or, or a piece like, of mind shirt on almost every day. Like, you would never go up to a dude in like a bikers club and be yeah. like, "Oh, you're wearing your fucking, you know, yeah. your club." Like, yeah. yeah, beat his ass. Like, your band is yeah. your club. That's Ex- your crew. That's exactly. your group. That's your gang. Whatever you know, like <laughs> exactly. you're repping that. I've like, never thought of it that way, but yeah, totally. No one's gonna do that. Yeah. No one, you know. But, but if you're if you're wearing your own band shirt, someone will be like, "Oh wow, what a dork." Yeah. Like, you expect people, you're like, hey, I'm always give like, me 15 bucks for this shirt, but it ain't good enough for me to wear. I, I, every time I'm like, rotting out, did it? Go tell them they're dorks. Yeah, exactly. Go tell them. They always wear their yeah. own merch, too. Yeah. I would never tell them. At, at them on Twitter. One of them. Yeah, at them on Twitter. Tell them they're dorks. Yeah. Like, you're over here talking to me, you know? Uh, and people are always like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. I'm like, yeah, think for a second. Uh, yeah, it's a. I'm. I yeah. I think you should. If you actually care about your project, you should. You should be your Rep biggest it. cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's nothing if it's a wrong cool shirt, with that. Somebody might be like, "That's a cool shirt." Who's yeah. That band. You can hype yourself up and tell people like, "Yo, check this out. It's cool. I did this. I did a cool thing without being a dickhead." Yeah. Like you don't have you. It's all in how you approach it. Agreed. Um, so I know we got to go because I know you got to get home. I do. But since we're talking about this, oh, you're right. do you remember when, uh, I think it was a few months ago, it was So This Is Suffering, I believe, uh-huh. like messaged some locals about like promoting the show 
and a bunch of people online started giving them shit for messaging the locals about reminding them to promote the show. Did you catch any of that? No. It was is something kind of along the lines of basically, like they messaged some bands and were like, "Hey guys, you know, let's work together. Let's get some people on blah, the bill blah, blah, type promote. of thing like that." You know. Yeah. And people were fucking bullying them for contacting locals. And, and picking apart the way they said everything, but really, it was, they were fucking saying, hey guys, yeah. I'm actually messaging you, you're on our bill, like, work and stuff. It yeah. wasn't that big of a fucking deal, like, everybody yeah. does that, but, like, you're saying, you know, like, That's are, wild. Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember all the details, you know, exactly, but... Shit like that is stupid, so... Um, oh, yeah, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you, can't, um, you, sh- you can't shit on a band for actually working. Like, no, honestly, yeah, no, and that's... We've been the, made fun of before, I'm just gonna say it, but we were made fun of before because, like, we tried to, like, build our Twitter and stuff, uh-huh. and uh, we had a really shitty comment from somebody one time about that we, like, add people and unadd people, but if you read any sort of Twitter marketing thing, it oh. says you have to do that to right. get people to notice. It's not like we're, you know, we're like, okay, well, I guess we try that and, you know, see what happens. Yeah. Don't know any other fucking way to do it besides right. touring 80 that's days a year, which we already do. That's how startups so, run marketing on social media. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but yeah, I don't get the, I don't get why people have to make fun of someone who is trying to work hard. Um, uh, so if, um, trying to think about how I want to phrase this. (laughs) I have opinions. Um, I don't spend a lot of time on my personal social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I I spend more time on, uh, like, scrolling through my Twitter feed than anything else. Um, But I'm real quick to dip out of that. I spent, like, six months not even going on any of my personal social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I still, like, I've very very rarely am read anything on facebook folks that tag me all the time um i'll see those notifications i never read anything on (laughs) on any of that Mm -hmm. stuff um if you need to get a hold of me you can message me directly uh and so like that that's my stance um it's just it's too much i'm too busy yeah I don't have time. It's, I don't have time. It's overwhelming. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna be 36 in a couple months. I've been married for 11 years. I have n- no interest. Uh, you know, if I want to keep up with you, I'm keeping up with you. I'm giving. I'm calling you. You know, uh, like every so often. I don't. I, I just don't. I just don't need it. It's an unnecessary hassle, and it, and it's drama. Now, the people that spend their time, one. The people who spend their time saying negative things online are the uh, least likely to actually be contributors to anything. People that want to tear things down never build things up, and they can fuck off. Uh, I am not interested. Uh, No one needs you. Nobody fucking wants you. If you want to be a part of building something up all day, I, I like let's grind yeah let's build stuff together but I am busy building things up I don't have time for the people that want to tear things down I'm 100% disinterested and that's a lot of reason why I don't I don't deal with social media a mm-hmm. whole lot on that level is because it's a whole bunch of negative assholes 
all of the time. Everybody's got an opinion about something, and the people that that are the most likely and the loudest, the most likely to give their opinions and the loudest about it, have the least business sharing their thoughts. Yeah, uh, they are not people that are helping anything. They're the people who go to two fest every year and never go to a local show. But they just want to talk shit on their local hardcore scene or, you know, like when I announced Flyover, I had some dude who was wearing an Integrity shirt in his avatar on Twitter be like, there can't, and this is before Integrity got announced, there is absolutely no reason I would ever spend a weekend in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> like I, was, I saw, I saw that, and I, I like, I don't resp- I ignore that stuff. Yeah. But I was like, cool. Well, just wait till we yeah. finish announcing. You know, like in my head, I was like, I was like, why would you? What was the point in that? Yeah, just talk. Just, well, just a talk did you shit. get a bunch of cool points? I, I don't for like get talking it shit on a festival. Like, who cares? Uh, and a bunch of people jumped on him, but like. I was like, just leave him alone. Who cares? Yeah. Like, who cares about this random person's opinion on this? He doesn't know. He's just talking to be heard. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Like, that kind of stuff does not matter. Let it let it slide. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. Like, I mean, I could elaborate on that, but you pretty much nailed it. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't need that bullshit. Like, yeah, those, peop- those aren't the people. The people out there just spreading negativity, they're not the people that are going to be around in five years. They're not the people that are going to show up and start, like, going to start the next local band that turns into a big band. They're not the people that are going to that are gonna be coming out and, like, paying their 5 or $10 to, to support when, when, you know, bands, when smaller bands are coming through. They want a cool T-shirt and they want, they, they want to, you know, sound like some sort of tough guy on the internet. Uh, and nobody has time for that. Exactly. No one's interested. So you know what's up. And you are a cool dude because we should have ended this podcast a long time ago, okay. but you got so much You're so much right. to say and so many thoughts. So You're all right. Sorry. It's, uh, no, I don't want to... I don't want to... Piss off your wife if she's waiting yeah. for you. So, yeah, I know. I need. To, so I need to go at home. least we have this recorded, so you can yeah. prove where you were. So what time is it? Is it like midnight? I think it's midnight yeah, right it's now. About midnight. Yeah. So if she's listening, I apologize. It's my fault. <laughs> um, please, please don't get mad. So thank you very much. Uh, yeah. I've been talking with Dustin from Peace of Mind, Vanguard, and a whole lot of other things, and expect a lot more to come out of him whenever he feels like it, and a much cooler fest than Flyover. And fingers uh, crossed. Stop being a dick and start coming yeah. out to local shows and stop being a cool guy. Yeah, don't don't be a dick. <laughs> Contribute. Yeah. So uh, this has been episode nine of Hardcore and Tour Stories from the Van. If you dig it, make sure you like, share, follow, listen. Tell me who you want to talk to. Whatever. You know how it goes. Bye. <laughs>